What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. Um, I'm here again with my co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Master Marina. How's it going, fellas? We're, we're together for this one. Yeah, we're doing wonderful, and we're watching some Monday Night Football as we do this podcast. Yeah, I'm a loner today uh, up in my apartment. A lot to talk about today, though. We're super excited to be here. Um, major comeback for the Cowboys. You know, really tight game between the Chiefs and Chargers. I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, but more importantly, the injuries. I mean, it would just I felt like they kept piling up this week. I, I just feel like it's something I've never seen before. Most were in the 1 o'clock games, even. Yeah, most are in the 1 o'clock games, and we got some big-name players, too. Not only are there a ton of injuries, some people that a lot of people are counting on for fantasy football. Yeah, so, I mean, like again, like I said, a lot to break down here, Tyler. I don't know if you want to take us through the injuries and some implications. Rob and I can kind of chime in. Yeah, we can definitely start off with the biggest and most concerning one is Saquon Barkley, and he's going to be done for the year. That is huge. I mean, like, I, I will say I did get to play him this week, so he's the only him going down is the only reason I'm even in this competition this week. Uh, but that is huge because, like you said, out for the year, uh, keeper in our league as well. Uh, so that's like week two having your keeper out is never a good thing. And then just in general, I mean, even with that New York Giants line looking awful, he was he's still going to put up numbers this year. And I mean, it's tough to even know like what are, what's going to happen with their backfield moving forward. I mean, obviously, like you said, he's out for the year. Like, do they activate Wayne Gallman? Or, I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's scary, scary uh, future for the Giants' background for sure. Now they're looking at Devonta Freeman as a possible option too. So they could activate Wayne Gallman as well. Deion Lewis is sure to have his carries, but positive game script may help out Deion Lewis over the other guys because he's the pass catcher in that backfield and. Let's be real, though. Nobody's going to be able to replace Saquon Barkley. No, There's not. It's not even going to become close. So now since we're done with Saquon, we'll go to another bad one. Is Christian McCaffrey. This one is only projected to be four to six weeks that he's going to be out. Yep. But what are the Panthers going to do without Christian McCaffrey? I know. <laughs> Teddy looked like he was even roughed up a little bit, too. I don't. I, I, it looked like he was still playing, but uh, if he's roughed up, I mean, he's not even... Like, that insane hasn't been carrying him. It's been all Christian McCaffrey if they're ever going to get back into games. Um, and then, obviously, fantasy-wise as well, that's another number. That's the number one overall pick this year, essentially, in every league that didn't have keepers. So that's just a huge hit to any team right there. And realistically, do you have someone you're picking up off the Panthers or do you have to look to somewhere else to hopefully find a backup that's on your bench or something? Just maybe one of these rookies that has starting to blown up and hope. Yeah, and you got to assume, um, you know, guys like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are going to see a lot more volume. Um, you know, just because Christian Caffrey is such a huge loss. I mean, he was probably first off the board in most fantasy drafts. So, you know, to kind of, they're big shoes to fill. It's pretty much what it comes down to. So it'll be interesting to see how they, um, you know, how they deal with that, you know, for the next four to six weeks, hopefully sooner. I mean, obviously, you wish, hope, he, hope he comes back sooner, but... That's just another backfield that's irreplaceable. Hopefully that won't be as much of a uh, split decision as all the other running backs. Hopefully they'll have a clear lead back in Carolina that we can go after on the waiver wire. And now we'll go off a long name list as I name off a bunch of guys all from the same team, which is very unfortunate. First we'll go on the defensive side. We got Nick Bosa. 
a torn ACL. We got Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain. Raheem Mostert with a knee injury. Tevin Coleman with a knee injury that's not as serious as the other ones. And then we got Solomon Thomas with a knee injury as well. So let's start with Nick Bosa on the defensive side. He honestly is a very relevant player to talk about for fantasy football because he is just a defensive force and probably one of the leaders on San Francisco. And he's who you're really counting on on that defense. Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think, Ben, you can speak to this more because we just talked before this, but you have their defense. Um, obviously put up a good week still against the Jets, even after Nick Bosa went out. But again, it is the Jets. And even then, they did score, I believe, with that uh, Braxton Berrios touchdown after that. But yeah, no, Nick Bosa, huge loss. I mean, the 49ers are in a state right now, uh, especially with they have George Kittle go down week one. Luckily, uh, he should be back for week three. Uh, but that doesn't mean much when you don't have your starting QB. Nick Mullen's not exactly NFL uh, star quality. It might do well. I mean, Garoppolo is hardly star quality at this point as well. But uh, you're going to see Kittle probably get a lot more, especially with the loss of running backs. One thing before, Ben, you go, I want to say, waiver wire watch this week. Jarek McKinnon, haven't heard, heard his name since when he was the two in the two-headed monster in uh, Minnesota. but. He came on and only had, I think, three rushes, but it was Tevin Coleman got injured pretty late. Um, but he had that, like, 55-yard or whatever. That it was, like, that third and 31, <laughs> and he broke out for that. Uh, got the first out. Only the Jets could do that. But, yeah, he's probably available in every single uh, uh, every single league. And then even if it's for, like, one or two weeks until Tevin Coleman comes back, Jared McKinnon still has that pass-catching value as well uh, and, and just looks like probably a major pickup. Yeah, and just to backtrack to your uh, one of your prior statements, obviously, you know, Nick Bosa, you know, you said we were talking about this before we started recording, you know, he's obviously their, you know, top defensive asset, and it's going to be kind of scary for them moving forward. Um, the comment I made was that they're playing the Giants without Saquon next week, so, um, you know, maybe I can get another week out of them, but then unfortunately I might have to start streaming and not looking forward to. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, you can. <laughs> and then, um, well, you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, obviously, Debo Samuel on the IR. So there's another, you know, obviously this happened last week, but that's another um, offensive asset, asset lost. You know, they brought in Mohamed Sanu. Um, you know, he's obviously the deep threat, came from the Patriots. You know, they didn't utilize him very well at all. So he goes over there. So I guess it's going to be kind of a, you know, short-term rebuilding until they can get some guys back off injury. And then you had Richard Sherman, who hasn't played this year yet. Uh, lost Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason as well, which is another reason why they went after Mohamed Sanu. So, I mean, they are in a state, and more, this isn't fantasy-related, but more of just, I can't believe what's happening. Apparently, yeah. before before they were on the jet, going to the Jets, their plane got hit on the runway. Um, okay. So they were delayed six hours and didn't get to the hotel till like, early morning, like, 3, 4 a.m. or something like that, before the Jets game. So the day of. So they got there, like, Sunday morning. And then, also... All, they obviously did all the MRI testing, and apparently there's like this truck that delivers all the results and stuff like that from where wherever they are to like where the team hotel is, and that got broke down on the way. So which is why we just found out about Nick Bosa officially tearing his ACL. Uh, I think like an hour ago, because that truck broke down. They got some bad juju going on, man. I don't want to be on that team right now. I don't even I know. know if, like Jarek McKinnon might not be even a good pickup. At yeah, this point. Even even two years ago they were. Without a doubt, the most injured team in the NFL, and 
just goes to show they that year they were not that good, and then they go to being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And unfortunately I mean, now it's not looking so promising this year already. And there's their star quarterback, who they call their star, who likes to, you know, hand the ball off a lot. Jimmy G is now with a high ankle sprain. That's going to be a few weeks as well, I think. Yeah, I think, I think he's technically week to week, which kind of yeah. stinks for fan. I mean, not like many people would have him fantasy, but that does kind of stink. Because uh, yep. you can't put him on IR, but you yep. never know when he comes back. Yep, but I want to talk more about how this is going to affect Kittle. If Kittle comes back before Jimmy G does... I don't think it's going to affect Kittle too much because I think Nick Mullins still has a good connection with Kittle. And, I mean, I think everybody has good connection. Yeah, I was saying, good tight end is, like, yeah. every, like, not not good quarterback's best option. Yeah. We yeah. saw it with uh, Hunter Henry and Justin Herbert this week as well. Uh, oh, Hunter okay. Henry was a very good player. I mean, I don't, did he break in the end zone? I don't remember. But he had a ton of catches for a yeah. tight end. And that's just uh, any, like, young QB or any, like, just not great QB is always going to be checking down to that tight end, especially someone like Kittle. Which I'm just now saying because I, I have Kittle and I hope he comes back. And I mean, Noah Fant's done well for me, but if you want to talk about another injury, Noah Fant. And... Yeah, then we'll get over to his QB, Drew Locke, and his wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. Drew Locke with a shoulder injury and Cortland Sutton with a knee injury. And Cortland Sutton is going to be done for the year. How do you feel about that one, Tyler? I don't feel too good. I kept him in the 12th round. It's kind of shocking. I... Didn't realize that it was a totally different injury than what kept him out the first week, so that's just unfortunate. He was out with a shoulder injury week one, and then I thought they were trying to rush him back, and then I saw he got injured, and I was like, oh, no. They pushed him. But that's not the case. Just kind of bad luck. Could be injury prone. Who knows? Will Fuller Jr. Or Will Will Fuller the sixth. A lot of people took him in, like, around the fifth or sixth round in the draft, so that hurts a lot of people. Not me as much in the twelfth. But it's still very disappointing because he was looking to have a breakout year, and that's just cut short. And yeah. another thing is the connection between him and Drew Locke was supposed to happen, and now they're both injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another team that had a rough week for injuries, obviously. You know, they had a lot of hope for Drew Locke coming into this year, and, you know, that's you know that's on ice for a little bit. It's not going to be the full year. I think they just said it was like a rotator cuff injury or something. Um, so they're going to kind of monitor him week to week. Um, but actually Jerry Judy got injured during the game as well. Who's their rookie this year. So his injury is not as serious. I know that. So they're, they're kind of week to week with him as well. Um, but it's just, it's just like, it was the week of injuries. I remember we were texting back and forth and we just kept like, I can't believe this is happening. So it just kept getting worse. I, one thing I want to say on the Jerry Judy thing is, um, he hasn't had like a ton of output yet, so watch your leagues if people drop him because of the injury as well. Because obviously, when he comes back, there we know um, Cortland Sutton's out the whole year. So Jerry Judy's basically like that number one at this point, especially with how much hype he came out of college. So I, I could see a lot of people dropping him just because he's injured and a rookie and hasn't really output it if they're not really paying attention. Um, just like looking at his output and, and dropping him because they see the injury. So just watch that, and, and maybe that's someone to look for picking up and just holding for a week or two until he comes back healthy. And if you have another team, because yeah. it looks like there's, it seems like it's all these same teams, which yeah. could be the fields. I mean, we got some Jets injuries, Brashad Perryman, Chris Hogan. They're not too fantasy relevant, but we can cover them real quickly as it's going to affect Sam Darnold, who I hope you're not looking for a streaming option right now. <laughs> then, you're in some, then you're in some trouble. So. Yeah, not to mention, obviously, Le'Veon Bell's on IR as well. So that's yeah. defense has taken a good hit in the you know, through the first, two, or excuse me, that offense has taken a good hit in the first two weeks. Um, 
So it's I guess it's going to be the Sam Darnold and Herndon show moving forward is what it seems like. Braxton, Bar- Braxton Barrios did pull out a touchdown. Um, yeah, Frank Gore. That's true. F- the ever relevant. He's <laughs> <laughs> 48, 48th year in the league, still doing it. Yeah, and realistically, we may never get a good field who's going to be the starting back in the backfield because they're going to negative – the negative game strip is going to kill the running backs, and they don't have a lot of good pass-catching running backs either, so mm-hmm. they're they're in for a tough season this yeah, year. Yeah, and then that doesn't even go to, like, Burchard Perryman, Chris Hogan, adds to the fact that they had Jamison Crowder out, who's obviously the number one, and that's actually someone yep. who's probably been drafted in the league um, that you're in, especially 10-plus, like, people. Jamison Crowder definitely would have been drafted. He's the number one. He's out. You have Chris Hogan out, Burchard Perryman. Braxton Barrios did look good, so, like, if you just want to hold on somebody, I don't know if I'd start a Jets player at all, but if he were, I think Barrios is, is the victor of this whole situation. It's a nice catch. It looked yeah. fast. Yeah, and we <laughs> yeah. can go back to the other side of New York on a player that we forgot to mention earlier because we were just covering the top running backs as Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to be gone. And that's, a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for Daniel Jones. I know he was Matthew Berry's ride or die, and... Right now, it is looking very grim for that. But at least with Daniel Jones, you don't you don't waste that high pick. And hopefully, he can make up for all those losses with his with his legs. And hopefully, he's going to get a lot of fancy points running the ball now without Saquon and throwing the ball without Sterling Shepard. That's not good. Yeah, he's already pick heavy. He's pick friendly yeah, as well. Too. But Sterling Shepard hasn't been his number one target this far. Hopefully he can get Evan Ingram going a little more. Darius Slayton's been on fire, and Golden Tate's coming back. Hopefully he'll be healthy, and who knows? Maybe he, Danny Dimes can turn things around. And let's be honest, their defense wasn't that good anyway, so they're going to be playing from behind. So honestly, that is he, good. they're going to be throw Danny Dimes will be throwing the ball like 60 times a game. Yeah, that would be a So you, I mean, again, he's he's got some leg value, a uh, little little uh, turnover heavy, but you never know. Uh, it's the Giants again. It's like the Giants and the Jets. If you're starting someone from there, you're really not happy in the first place. But there are a few options that you can pick up in deeper leagues. Now that Saquon's out and stuff. Yep. And now we can just wait and see what more happens throughout the week and what more injuries turns up and see the term lengths of everything and play it from there. Yeah, it's yeah, just exactly. about doing it on Monday. Yeah, a couple, I mean, a couple other names on the list. Um... But I guess we can kind of start going through the games now. Um, again, like I said, it was a really eventful week, too. You know, I'm kind of looking forward to hearing you guys' opinion on these. Um, you know, starting on Thursday night, we already went through that game in our first podcast. Browns over the Bengals, 35-30. And then we'll kind of shift into the Giants at the Bears. Um, obviously, the big news here, Saquon, you know, tears his ACL early on in the game. Uh, Bears go on to win 17-13. What would you guys kind of take out of the game besides the, the Saquon injury? Just love making Bears fans sweat. <laughs> That's true. They yeah. had that game in the bag, and then Sa- Saquon goes down. I keep saying Saquon, Saquon. But he goes down, and then they then the lead gets tighter. Like, they should have been able – that minute, they should have pulled away. Um, Mitch Trubisky looked actually really good in the first half and had a good last game. I mean, let's be real. Trubisky's been good this year. I, yeah. I, I've been knocking on the guy since he's been in the league. But I mean, the pick ain't looking so bad now. They traded up. I, I think it's still. I don't. I don't know if there's ever a reason that pick will knock. I don't know what he'd have to do and let Bar win win a Super Bowl, but to ever to ever get out of that out of his head. But he did have two picks. But I, I think really, I know one was a deflection. 
Um, but he had a bad, not a great second half, but he, he looked fine. Uh, they just don't really have a great offense in general. And I think, Ben, you know that more than anything with your Allen Robinson pick as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I was, uh, I wouldn't call myself an Allen Robinson truther coming into the season, but I was, you know, I was excited about him. Um, he fell to me, actually, so it was kind of a had-to-pick-him type of deal. And, you know, there were trade rumors going around, rumors he wasn't happy. Um, obviously, the trade rumors, rumors were snuffed out, but, you know, we haven't really seen that big production out of him. Six. 6.3 fantasy points in our league for me this week. I mean, it's not something I'm looking for out of my wide receiver two. Um, although my wide receiver one, Kenny Galladay has been injured. So I haven't got, you know, Calvin Ridley has been my wide receiver one so far. Um, <clears throat> but I guess we'll kind of shift into the Rams at the Eagles. Um, you know, obviously the Rams had their way in Philadelphia, 37-19. You know, we really saw the production we were looking out for out of uh, Miles Sanders. I know Gilly was real happy that he kind of finally pulled through for him this week. Would uh, would you guys kind of get out of this game? That's what we got out of this game. Yeah, I was hoping we can avoid this because I had him uh, sitting on my bench. I got Darren Waller going over him right now in this Monday night game. But, you know, it hurts to leave 28 points on the bench when I'm playing a close game coming down to Monday night. I didn't exactly expect three touchdowns out of him, but the Rams' offense—they look good. I kind of—it kind of sketches me out how they just signed Robert Woods uh, after he had a big game, and the game script just—or the game plan—just was to not go to Robert Woods <laughs> at all. So he rushed yeah. the ball once he got a touchdown. Right? So, that was it. Yeah. Did he have a catch? I don't think he had a catch. No. I know he rushed the ball for a touchdown because I was playing against Robert Woods in another league, and and I was like, wait, what? Rushing? I had to double check it. I don't know what to expect out of that offense right now. It's 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 no. funny. It's like a better well, a better fantasy version of the Patriots in, in terms of they love spreading the ball around. They I mean uh-huh. they have three running backs who had good weeks basically. Uh, well, Cam Akers got injured, so I'm not a yeah, good yeah. Week. But at, before the injury, he too. was like the lead guy. And then Malcolm Brown had, had the good week last week. And then Daryl Henderson had a ton of fantasy points this week. Not a lot of like action, but when he was oh, when he was involved, he scored. Um, so they have that. Then you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, even Van Jefferson, um, someone I was looking at coming into the year, uh, a rookie, basically solidified as a third wide receiver there. Uh, had a decent week, so they just love spread the ball around. But they are a heavy, are a high scoring offense. So there's fantasy points all around with now with Tyler Higby and getting involved. Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of touch upon the running backs because obviously you know Malcolm Brown was you know a top waiver wire pickup last week. Um, I picked him up in our league. We do. Um, you know, free uh, free agent auction like we or the auction like we talked about. Um, so I didn't start him this week, but I was kind of I wanted to hold out and see what happened. And obviously, you know, Daryl Henderson was a play this week. He had twelve rushes, eighty one yards, and a touchdown. Um, I'm not too concerned about the Brown pickup yet because you know he had twelve touches and Brown had eleven. Just obviously, Daryl Henderson got the touchdown, um, and it was much more much more effective on the ground. Um, Malcolm Brown only got 11 yards out of his touches. And then obviously Tyler Higby was kind of the highlight of the offense this week um, with the three touchdowns. So, I mean, like Rob said, a lot to be excited about in this offense. Um, it's the way they can spread the ball around. It's a really, you know, fire show offense. Um, like there as well. Like, yeah. If you guys have nothing else on that, we can kind of go. I was going to say, the op- you almost said the opposite about the Eagles. They yeah. are they are yeah. in a tough spot, and I know you obviously have your Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, 
Um, and then uh, uh, Carl Franks has never really been a fantasy guy. Or supposed to be. Yeah, Jalen Rager. I haven't found much. But he's he's a rookie. He's he's good. He had a few catches, but other than that, it's a big confidence boost to see Miles Sanders do something with that O line and produce a good fantasy day. And the Rams, I think, got a very good D line, so I think that shows a lot of promise for Mm -hmm. Miles Sanders this season. And it wasn't just. I was gonna say Miles Sanders at least. At, at, at the worst for Philadelphia is one of those checkdown backs, similar yeah. to Alvin Kamara, where at least he's going to get these PPR receptions no matter what. But he actually had a good day running against, like you said, a very good Rams defensive line. So that's at least one Philadelphia player you can start. The rest I would be wary yes, of. Absolutely. Even like tight ends, there's not a lot of passing to go around because they're not very good. Yeah, I think I think if you have them on your team, you're starting them probably because you draft them a little higher, like Zach Ertz. Yeah. Just one of those guys you draft so high so you feel obligated to start them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll kind of shift into the Falcons uh, at the Cowboys this week. Obviously, we kind of right. said this was a, a real surprise. Falcons fans, just turn off the podcast. I don't know why you're listening to anything related to football right now. I mean, I feel sorry for you guys. So Continue, Ben. <laughs> I, no, it's okay. Obviously, the huge the huge come from behind victory for the Cowboys at home. Um, final score, 40-39. to 39. Um you know, we as Patriots fans, three of us are. We've seen this before um, in the Super Bowl, and it seems like this is kind of what the Falcons thrive on. Unfortunately for them, um, yeah. I mean, this game was a shootout, like we thought it was going to be. You know, Calvin really huge day, seven receptions, hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns. Great for me. You know, Hayden Hurst seemed to have his connection with Matt Ryan take off this week. You know, I was really excited to see that. <clears throat> But I guess, I, Tyler, you really seem like you want to talk about the Falcons, so I'm going to let you say what you want. Very happy, very happy that the over hit. I mean, yeah, <laughs> everyone's right. happy over, and we're all so happy. But, oh boy, the Falcons. I mean, very, I guess from a fantasy perspective, it's a very good look because their defense is so bad and their offense is so good. <laughs> Even teams that play against the Falcons are going to be streaming options every single week. I know Julio Jones didn't get involved too much this game, but the targets and yards are going to be there. It just happened to be the Calvin Ridley show that game. Mm-hmm. And then on the Dallas side, the ball was going everywhere. Dak Prescott yeah, earned his money. <laughs> yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott threw for 450 yards, four total touchdowns. Um, you know, Zeke Three rushing one. TVs, right? Yeah, a couple Crazy. of them were... Yeah. Um, uh, Zeke had one on the ground, obviously, fumble on the day. C.D. Lamb, big day, six receptions, 106 yards, no touchdown. But Rob and I were talking before we started recording that like he's, we're really thinking he's the best wide receiver uh, on that team. And, Rob, you even had him as the best wide receiver coming out of college this year. Yeah, I thought he was like the, the best actual like player in college in terms of wide receivers. Obviously, an a absolute loaded wide receiver class in college. But, I mean, Jerry Judy's as good, probably. But I think CeeDee Lamb was the better fit there. And way better situation. I, and a way better situation, of course. And then I can't believe that was a steal for Dallas when they picked him. I, they had to pick him at that point when, when he fell to them. Um, but, yeah, no, CeeDee Lamb looks great. Uh, Gallup had a good catch, like an insane catch. Uh, to hold it back, and then I mean, Amari Cooper, he had that long touchdown, right? Was that no, he didn't get a touchdown. He got, was it? He got a hundred yards. Oh yeah, yeah, I think he had one long play, and, I, and maybe it looked like he was going for a touchdown, yeah. then he like didn't make it. But so he still he got his targets, not as much as the week before, but he did he did his damage in a PPR league. You're a little bit happier. I have him in a standard league. I'm more than happy to take his points. 
Plus, didn't um didn't Amari Cooper have that Randy Moss catch? Wasn't that him yesterday? One handed over right. the head. Was that Gallup? That was the Gallup one, right? Oh, that was was that Gallup? I thought it was. Amari. I think it was. I think it was Gallup because that was the one they cut to Gallup and CD Lamb talked to each other. I I would have muted, but I it looked like those two talking. Yeah. So yeah, obviously you know big comeback. Greg Zerla, Greg the leg for the win um, at the end of the game. We'll also talk about that onside kick. Um, oh my god! Just spun, <laughs> just spun for a year. Just correct me if I'm wrong, but they can pick the Falcons players can pick up the ball before it goes ten yards. Correct? They don't have to wait. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah, they can. I thought I thought you I thought it was a foul uh, flag like a nope. if you don't if you don't let it go if you don't let it try to go ten yards. Nope. Because if you kick the onside kick and it doesn't make the ten yards, I think that's what they were trying to do is just wait it out, expecting it not to go not, ten yards. Yeah, it's, it's easier to let it not go ten yards than it is to yeah. to if touch it and then fumble it or something. Yeah, they just didn't have the hands team up front and they wow. absolutely went into panic mode. They're all just like all it was like one of those like group projects, like, no, you're doing that, you're doing that, yeah. you're doing that, and everyone was just like looking away. And then all the players and coaches on the bench saw the repeat of the Super Bowl coming and just collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, you know, there's no chance Greg Zerline's missing that. I don't care what kind of shape yeah, he's no. in. Or Him whatever. and Buck are the only two, though, that you could you could even say, like, and with a comeback like that, too. The kicker, not a lot of pressure. You feel just like they got all the mojo going. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So every, yeah, you, we all go right. on to the next game. He was going to nail that. Greg Maleg is my guy. Yeah. He's my favorite kicker. Yeah, sorry. I just have to interject because if you're watching the YouTube video, I'm jumping up and down, basically celebrating because the best case scenario happened. So I'm down in fantasy. I need Alvin Kamara. It doesn't matter. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be two point conversion. But so they got Alvin Kamara got the touchdown. Then there's a flag on the, the defense on the extra point, so they end up going for two. And I'm playing against Will Lutz, so they took away his extra point and then gave the two point conversion to Alvin Kamara. So and he got that. So I I went from. Six minus one because his kicker was the one I'm playing against is going to have one point, so I would have had five basically net to now having potentially eight net, so that could be good. But there's a flag right now. But I just I started throwing my fist up in the air and I realized people I had the camera on for the YouTube video and I was like, well, probably should explain what's happening. Got to talk about it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna be able to talk about this game again unless we do it later in the week. But yeah, I'm not too happy, Rob. <laughs> not look happy. Anyway, we'll go into the um, the Panthers at the Buccaneers. Obviously, you know Tom Brady trying to trying to get back after his game with the Saints last week. Um, still hurts to say; it doesn't sound right as a Patriots fan. Um, you know, Tom Brady get his got his win for his home opener, thirty-one seventeen. You know, big story. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey getting injured. You know, before he went out, he did have the two touchdowns. You know, as we almost expect out of him every week. Um, another big story for me out of this game was Leonard Fournette seemed to be the, you know, the Rojo takeover. Um, it almost seemed like they were waiting for Ronald Jones to just like mess up once they could, you know, give his job to somebody else. And, you know, that happened. He, I think he fumbled, right? Was it? And then, um, Fournette went in the rest of the game, you know, came out with 103 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, he was obviously my keeper from last year. So I'm I'm happy to see it, but I don't think it's the end of Ronald Jones either. I mean, there's going to be a lot of split work moving forward, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think raw talent, Leonard Fournette's the better back. Um, but, you know, Ronald Jones, you know, it's been his backfield. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, difficult for a new guy to come in, but I don't know what you guys have to think about that. Yeah, I 
We'll we'll go with that. We'll go. Uh, Bruce Arians said that the backfield is Ronald Jones earlier in the season, right after they signed Fournette, and he may want to change that pretty quickly. He, I mean, I don't think there's a big skill gap between the two guys. I think Fournette's good, but Ronald Jones has had a lot of strong runs this year. I think they're probably going to do the hot hand approach, just kind of go with whatever guy is playing hot, and when somebody fumbles, they might stop getting the carries for that game. Yeah. Which is never what you want to hear in fantasy, the hot hand approach. At least it, I'd rather have my running back just be bad than be good one week, bad one week. But yeah. letter point, I did look really good um, in all facets, catching the ball and everything. So yeah, And at least they were both guys that you probably had on your bench to start the season. So you're just hoping for one of them to pan out. If both of them can become flex starts, then that's fantastic for everybody. <laughs> Maybe with the Brady-led offense, they can do that. And then we'll go into the next, the 49ers went to New York. Obviously, we kind of talked about the injuries for both teams um, was kind of the big story of the game. Before Mostert got hurt, he had like that 75-yard touchdown run. Which I think, I think they said that he was the fastest clock speed in the past two seasons. Um, so fast. I think he probably has been in the top five the past few seasons. He's been up there. I feel like even past Tyreek Hill, he's eclipsed that. That was the fastest recorded. I, I know what you're talking about, Ben. They said the stat, the fastest recorded um, speed in the last like two seasons. Yeah. Due to like they have something in their shoulder pads that like measure how fast they're going. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. I don't. It's so hard to tell like who's actually fastest because it's all game speed and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah no, Ronald. Uh, not Ronald. Raheem Mostert looked very fast. Yeah. I mean, I, very good. And then the other story in this game was obviously all the injuries. We kind of already. You know, talked about all of these 49ers obviously take the game 31 13 in New York. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, next we'll shift into the Broncos, went to Pittsburgh. Steelers, um, you know, Steelers take the game 26 21. I think a, you know, a big story out of this game was James Conner. Um, there were a lot of questions last week after Benny Snell, you know, well outdid him on the field. He was, you know, another high waiver wire. Um, unfortunately for those that picked him up, uh, it was almost a wasted pick up because you know James Conner is right back to form 16 touches 106 yards and a touchdown um like not even just like getting a ton of touches look real good yeah I mean kind of delivered the value fantasy owners are hoping for probably a little higher than he was drafted for out of this week um but I mean as a lead back on that offense it's kind of what you expect um yeah and for me with James Conner the issue never was if he was going to produce it was if he's going to be healthy throughout the season (laughs) which it's already scary that he did go down in the first game, but at least he showed that he can come back from an injury quick. And I really hope you have Benny Snell if you have James Conner on your roster because you will need him yes. this season. Big handcuff, for sure. Um, so Big day again, for the uh, Steelers wide receivers as well. Oh, yeah. Steelers uh, all, yes. all over the place. Oh, yeah. Ben, Deontay Johnson fan. Well, fan Deontay Johnson team, but. looked fantastic this week. Um, happy to see it again. He actually did better than Juju this week. Obviously, yeah, Robert Juju's still about got that. a target, though. Yeah, which of course, can't be it, all about. The, it all comes down to the defense, and you know, obviously, Juju's going to draw the primary coverage, which kind of lets Deontay run around a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the introduction of Chase Claypool. Uh, he had a yeah, long touchdown as well. Looks real good. Fellow YouTuber Chase Claypool uh, has a YouTube channel. That's a, that's a fun <laughs> fun fact. Yeah, um, he's making some good catches this year already. Yeah, he's, so he's much. looked good. Though, which, which all that does is really help, especially in an offense like that with Big Ben, uh, Big Ben looking how healthy and actually decent. Um, 
slowed down a little bit compared to his first week, but I mean, his first week was in, insane. Uh, so with a healthy Big Ben, honestly, all three of them firing, all three of those receivers makes all of them better. It's, it's one of those situations where the offense is that good that they're all going to get their targets, especially when he, th- he threw 41 times. So, And I have Ben and Juju in another league, so I have that double value there if, the, if they're a good offense. So that makes me uh-huh. happy. And, and then, then we kind of talked about the Broncos really, right? Already yeah. with the injuries, except for Noah Fan. Yeah, we can get into Noah Fan. Because obviously I, I, picked them, I picked them up because of the George Kittle injury. Uh, yeah. And he's had two fantastic weeks now. I was a little nervous because he had a fantastic week, week one. And he obviously second year in the league. Uh, it can be a breakout year or it can be a slump year. So I got I, I just liked him because of Drew Locke. Drew Locke goes down and, and he didn't – Jeff Driscoll came in, didn't realize he was even there. Um, for, for the, I think he was the Lions quarterback when Stafford went down, but actually came in and, and kept firing to Noah Fant, which is always good. Like we said, good tight ends help bad keys. So yep. I'm looking Noah Fant to, to be good and yep. potentially trade bait at this point. Yeah, that, if he sticks, keeps going. Noah Fant is a very athletic tight end, and while he might not be as good as a pass blocker, he is something special when it comes to a receiver, which is what we want for fantasy. Yes. Yeah, we don't pass blocking doesn't get you fantasy. We points. don't we don't want our guy good at pass blocking. I mean he could he could be better than I've seen in game, but I've only seen him for pass catching. And then uh yeah I think statistically he has a perfect passer rating as well. That's a good boost. Uh when targets that's a nice boost. So even with a bad QB he looks to still be a target there. And then, obviously, with Court Sutton out, they're not going to be hitting wide receivers as much. So, Yeah. And then we'll kind of, I guess, transition to the Jaguars at the Titans. You know, Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania, another huge game, 339 yards and three touchdowns. Rob, you're loving it, loving the mustache. I do love the mustache. Don't have him in a league yet because both my quarterbacks have been fantastic. So, But he's out there. I think he's out there in a lot of leagues. I think people are still waiting for that drop-off. Yeah, I got uh, him in my 12th. Yeah. Right now, and I hate to say it, but I started Danny Dimes. Oof. For <laughs> Needless to say, I'm not winning that game, but I'm kind of shocked at how high scoring this was. I know both QBs, nobody's like huge on them, but they no, just keep proving people wrong. Yeah. Tannehill came back, obviously, from being let off of everything he's been on. But uh, I, obviously, that does a big thing when they finally dropped Mariota for him. Uh, the ten- in Tennessee, and then obviously the big story was Derrick Henry. I don't think really people have talked about how like consistently good Tannehill's been. He hasn't really been yeah. bad for them. No. He's done enough. And every time I looked, he's he's out A.J. Brown, too, and he's yeah. still putting up these numbers. He is a very reliable fantasy QB now, and I think he's a free agent in a lot of leagues. And if he is, even pick him up as just a backup, even if you have a star QB. Yeah. And a lot of his volume this week went to um, Johnny Smith, who I obviously drafted in our league. You know, he had two touchdowns this week. So, I mean, that's not sustainable moving forward, obviously, with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown coming back. Um, I think that just goes to show that, you know, Ryan Tannehill can make it work with anybody. Um, you know, we've never really seen that from him in on past teams. But now, you know, he's kind of blossoming, I guess. Been talking up John O. Smith for a while, and he's gonna give me crap after he listens to the podcast. <laughs> Loved him right out of the draft. He was praying that the Pats would draft him, and I hate to admit it, but he was totally right. Yeah, he looked that that first touchdown was a, a very good grab. Yeah, I mean it's just a small sample size, but 
He looks good for a tight end. It's early in his career. He's yeah. At Jacksonville, we said we're tanking. Obviously, they're not really, but like they are not tanking. No, they're definitely. I mean, Gardner Minshew is at least not tanking. Chark is is looking good. It, actually, a bunch of the receivers look good as well. Um, Lavisca yeah. Chenault, another rookie. Yeah, everyone uh, got targets again on that offense. Yeah. yeah, and then we have the undrafted rookie. I forget his Johnson. I know. I think it's Johnson, the running back. Actually, yeah. looks like a decent little pickup. Yeah. yeah they, did he have over 100 yards that game? I think he did. I, yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but... I'm pretty sure that he didn't. I think DJ Chark had the least amount of targets for the wide receivers that you're looking to start in fantasy. Yeah, DJ Chark's been kind of quiet so far. Um, yeah. But I think the big story from this week on their offense was James Robinson, the running back. That's the last round. Johnson oh, Robinson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a very generic last name. Obviously, I just could not think of it. Yeah, obviously, Rykel Armstead still kind of injured who they thought was going to take over, but it's been the James Robinson uh, James Robinson show the past couple of weeks. He had 16 touches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. So he kind of, you know, he definitely looked like he's taken over this backfield. Um, I know Reichwell Armstead's not supposed to be out for that long, so we'll kind of monitor what happens once he does come back. I mean, the, the Jags' backfield's a mess. Their kind of whole team is a mess, so... <laughs> They, who knows if local wide receiver got five carries. So yeah, but I mean, your biggest concern for Robinson right now is game flow, and they're they played the Titans well. I think they're going to be in a lot of games, and you can you can honestly flex them if you want. Now he had sixteen yeah. carries for one hundred two yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and with being the only guy there, Chris Thompson. Old wait, that's the old Washington football team running back. Yeah, that's the, uh, I, yeah, he only had two carries. Minshew obviously is going to have he has the leg value. He doesn't re- he tries not to run. But which I which I do like about Minshew is he's not he's not run first, um, he's run if he has to and and that looked good and then I mean like I said Lavisca Chenault the rookie wide receiver got five carries which honestly adds to his value as a flex yeah. as well because he had also what three catches for thirty five yards which isn't great but uh, you get that plus a couple rushes in there for some reason yeah that's no, the game plan a, going forward they got a bright young core and even by the end of the year we may see him put it together even more I mean they put up thirty points. Yeah, that's a, that's a good amount of points for yeah. that offense. That's not what yeah. we expected at the beginning of the against year. an AFC championship team. Yeah, a year yeah. ago at least. Kind of moving on here. The Lions went to Lambeau, faced the Packers. Big story here: Aaron Jones, 168 yards, you touchdown. Absolutely destroyed anybody who played him in fantasy this week. Um, if you played Aaron Jones in fantasy, you probably lost. Um, Unfortunately, which is me, although I have a fighting chance right now, I just need the Raiders offense to do some damage to the Saints defense. But, I mean, Aaron Jones looked fantastic this week. Definitely looked like the first-round pick that he went in our round, in our draft anyway, like we talked about last show. Um, it's overall. And receiving touchdown, too, which yeah. isn't very Aaron Jones-esque. Yeah. Wild game for uh, one thing we didn't talk about in the injuries, and something you probably want to talk about, Devontae Adams did get injured. Looks uh, not serious. I think last time I checked, uh, we yeah. t- we had tweeted it out already. Yeah, injury, they, but they said that he's not expected to miss any time. Yeah, so at least that's good. But anytime you have one of those injuries, the next week you're just praying he doesn't go down again because yeah. then it's then you start stacking these and it's out. But obviously Aaron Rodgers is fantastic and is, has been hitting everyone. Yeah, uh, as, people, as per usual. A lot of people are saying like the injuries are due to. No, no preseason, no camp, or excuse me, no, um, no rookie camps. But I mean, you think the soft tissue injuries, maybe like all these 
hamstring injuries, yes, but like the Saquon injury, that's just a freak injury. That's not going to, you know, be prevented by having a preseason. Um, I mean, it's, like I said, the the soft tissue injuries, yes, but injuries like that, no. The high ankle sprains, no. Nick Bosa got, like, someone fell on his leg as it was turned. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, those are the freak ones. And, but, I mean, we'll see. I, obviously, the, like, even though we're kind of writing off, like, the long injuries as not really due to preseason, these short injuries do add up in fantasy, especially when you're talking about you only have to, like, week 14 and some leagues 15. Um, and so, like, if these teams start, like, getting a bunch of small injuries and they make them, they're, like, maybe playoff contenders, like a Green Bay, say, like, Devontae Adams gets another injury for, like, three, four weeks, do, do they let him go, like, five, six weeks, and then you're, like, talking, does he come back for fantasy playoffs, or do they just come back for regular playoffs? It could, yeah. it could add up as we get later in the year, but a little early to think about that now. Obviously, Mark has Valdez Scantling, someone to eyeball for waiver ads this week. Um, again, not sure. Devontae Adams may not miss any time, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has still been looking his way anyway. Um, so, MVS definitely someone to go after with your with your waiver problem. He's big on Aaron Rodgers likes his connection with Alan Lazard. This is uh, yes. his second year. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers quoted last year saying that he needed to get the guy the ball more. Yeah, and he, he did well. I think he had one drop like that was should have been caught, but he does Aaron Rodgers throwing a bullet at you. Um, but yeah, no, he did look good. I think it was a three, three receptions, 45 yards here. Uh, yeah. On the other side of the ball, uh, Detroit, the running back situation just gets ever more confusing there. Um, as someone who drafted DeAndre Swift, as a just a thought, um, because of being a good rookie and and not really knowing what you're going to get from AP in his 800th year, and carry on Johnson, who's never really been like a star-studded number one guy, um, they all split carries seven, eight, and five. Yeah. I mean, they were playing down this whole game. It's just the Lions are probably going to do that a lot. Yeah. So it it seemed like they were ready to give up on carry on Johnson almost, and he gets the goal line carry this game, which is the most important carry for the Lions at this point because they got. Adrian Peterson too. He's he's still going. He's just he's just gonna keep being there. He's always gonna be in the mix, and it, it's tough to see DeAndre Swift get the least amount of carries. Yeah. Um, and then I guess we'll and the go. wide receivers. It's Matthew Stafford. He throws the ball a ton. Wide receivers aren't bad. I mean, you Marvin Jones kind of got his numbers, and then the the yeah. tight end TJ Hawk, uh, Hawkinson. I think it's always been just good. waiting for Kenny Galladay to get back. Yeah, we'll see what happens we can there. Hype that. Offense up yes, a little please. bit more, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, if they put up numbers like this against Green Bay um, without Kenny Galladay, I mean, Matthew Stafford is always just going to – he loves hucking the ball around. He's good. But we'll see. That team is – the team – the Lions, you never know. Sometimes they go 0-16. Sometimes they scrape out a playoff first round. It's not looking like the playoff first round this year, <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, no. But they still throw up numbers. Looking like the same old Lions. Um, so then we'll go Bills at Dolphins. Obviously, Josh Allen, 417 yards, four touchdowns, zero interception. My guy. Kids legit. My guy, Josh Allen. An absolute star. Got the strongest arm in the league. And some people had him as a real dark horse to push for MVP this year. I don't think he's quite at the MVP level, but wow. he's pushing into elite status. He, he had his breakout year last year where he brought his team to the playoffs, and he I am in fantasy – in every single league last year, and he did really well. Mm -hmm. He does. He's another one that doesn't want to run, but will run in a pinch and is very good at it. As yeah. we saw, what was that? That one carry. He, is <laughs> he just gets tackled like four. He looked like a, he looked like Gronkowski. Yeah, <laughs> like trying to get tackled. A couple defenders just look like kids out. 
he is he is tall. He has taken another major leap this year. I know it's against Miami, but even the first game he did good. But yeah, he hasn't. He's played probably the statistically two worst defenses yeah. to start off with. But he so, gets to play him again twice this year. It, 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 and, and honestly, the Patriots defense say. last night look strong on quarterback. Could beat that. Could beat the Patriots defense, yeah. and he gets to play them twice as well. Um, so there is there's potential out there. You're gonna have your probably low weeks, but the Bills are a good team, so they're always gonna be in these games. Like I know they barely beat the Dolphins, but they really were doing well, and the Dolphins kind of came back. Yeah, um, the Bills are gonna be in every single game because their defense is pretty good. Yeah, overall. and even yeah. in a close game, I think Josh Allen, like last year, he's saving his goal line carries for the big games. Last year, he got a lot of rushing touchdowns when they were within five yards and. They don't really have a power back right now, so I no, think he's going to go there and Zach Moss yeah. both like five ten. He's going to be the guy when they get to the goal line when they need to win games. So even if it's a low scoring game, he's probably going to be getting all the goal line carries and making up for the points with his with his legs. And I think Stefan Dig time in Buffalo is finally here as well. I yeah. mean, eight catches, one hundred and fifty three yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's nuts. I mean, we kind of thought it. Josh Allen loves throwing long. Stefan Diggs loves running long routes. Um. Him and, and John Brown seem like the perfect fits there for Josh. Allen. Yeah, and then you got Cole Beasley kind of sneaking around through the middle. I was even yeah. looking at Cole Beasley as a possible pickup just because he's going to get a ton of targets short. Yeah. But uh, he's not like an, a stud player to get in fantasy. But uh, again, another in a one of those situations. League. In yeah. a deeper league, you can, you can flex him out in very rare occasions in like a 12 man. I mean, it's 12 points I'm looking at right now 70 yards, five catches. Like yeah. five catches, seven Much yards. better in a PPR league than yeah, yeah. even half point PPR. He's going he's gonna to get a lot of catches. Yep. So good yeah, offense there, another one. I was going to say, I think it's easy to get excited about Diggs. Obviously, he had a big week, but I'm not sure I'm totally sold on him yet just because, you know, like like Rob, I think you already mentioned, they're not going to play the Dolphins and the, the Jets every week. So, I mean, show me, show, me, show me a good defense first, and then maybe I'll be yeah. a little more sold on Stefan Diggs. If you have the targets, I think that's why I'm happy about Diggs now. It's because he had, he had 13 targets still. Yeah. Only eight catches. Obviously, it, it, they are going to be long targets, so tar- you can use targets loosely when, when Josh Allen's like getting scrambled out and then has to throw. He just throws an 80-yard bomb just to show off that he can. Um, yep. And Diggs is the closest one around, so it's a target. But uh, it's still good. I'd still watch Diggs. I mean, most people would have already drafted him. He's, uh, he obviously went pretty early, so it's not like we're talking about potential like pickup. Yeah, so. I think with Diggs, you're going to take this game and be super happy about it, but you also got to be prepared for the duds that he's going to drop in certain games. So I feel like he's a... He's a boomer bust kind of guy right now for me, and yep. he's just relying on some deep balls. And this was just Josh Allen did whatever he wanted mm-hmm. this game. One thing I liked, I'll, I'll say this quickly about the, this game. So there's lightning at halftime, so they had to delay the second half. And for me, that just felt like bonus fantasy points because yeah. all the one o'clock games ended, and then this game was still in like the third quarter. So it just felt yeah. like I was getting free fantasy points even though the games ended. It was weird. I don't know. I'd never experienced that, but I had Josh Allen, so it was just like. Oh, the games are over. I can relax for a little bit. But Josh Allen was still racking up yards, and I was just getting free fantasy points out of it. It's kind of cool. Made it seem like it was a little in between. Yeah, they, yeah. You, I think you had made that comment. That was about the four o'clock games, the yeah. one that went to overtime. Yeah, every four o'clock game should go to OT just so that we don't have any break in between four o'clock games and the primetime game, and we can just sit on the couch and watch football the entire day. And then. We'll transition to the Vikings travel to the Colts, Indianapolis. Um, Colts that game existed. 2011. Yeah. Say it again. I said I forgot that game existed, like because it just wasn't exciting from a red zone standpoint. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, from a fantasy so, standpoint, it's very good. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, who I wanted to talk about, who I also wanted to draft this year, but it seems like of you know his first week without Marlon Mack, 
know, everyone was big on Naheem Hines. He was a big waiver wire last week. You know, didn't do too much. Jonathan Taylor was the, the place to be 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, his first week taking over the backfield is, you know, went well. I think most of his fantasy managers will be happy. Um, but I also want to point out Kirk Cousins, three interceptions. I mean, Colts defense kind of. three interceptions, Pat. He was just, he couldn't make a pass. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the Colts defense really came to play this week. So it was a good all-around team win for the Colts, in my opinion. Something said the Colts were way better than what they showed in the first week. Yep, I was a Vikings money line better, and I didn't give the Colts enough credit. Vikings were underdogs still, but I mean, Kirk Cousins just looked awful. His pass rating was a 15.9, which that's just unacceptable for the money they paid him for. And if Kirk Cousins doesn't play that well, they don't get their running game going. I know Dalvin Cook still scored a rushing touchdown and managed 12 fantasy points, a little over that. But it was scary looking there for a little bit for anyone involved on the Minnesota offense. And a lot of people drafted Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen very high. Yeah, I was going to say that because I obviously have Dalvin Cook as a keeper, as we talked about last week. Um, first half was rough. Him and Derrick Henry both had horrible first halves. But Dalvin Cook, like, I did, what that made me think is now, even if the, the Vikings had a terrible time on offense and Dalvin Cook still put up numbers, so that's maybe at least, like, feel comfortable now. Which is always which is always good, especially when you have one of these running backs on a bad team. It, when the when the, your running back can still pull, put up numbers, even if they had put up 11 points total against the Colts, which is a good team, but not on a great team. So they're going to struggle throughout the whole year. But I I could feel safe with Dalvin Cook. But the Thielen thing is is tough if you have Thielen early, yeah. someone who I usually have in, in most leagues. Not this year, but uh, Justin Jefferson as well, the rookie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I have him as well. He he was the the number one target this week. Uh, he looks yeah. good. He looks good. He's huge, which I've said. He's just Three a big guy. catches as as the number one guy is not a good. Well, look. when you only complete eleven passes, there's not much to go around. Yeah. And Dalvin Cook grabbed two of them for eight yards total. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of scary, uh, Washington at the Cardinals, scary Terry, 125 yards and a touchdown on Rob's bench. Um, sorry, I had to get that little dig in there. But um, I'm obviously still crying about it. Was, big, I, I know it was a four o'clock game, but I subbed them out at twelve forty-five and didn't look at it again. Yeah, yeah. Washington looks pretty good all around this year. Gibson, I mean, he's getting involved. He's someone you probably scooped up at the very end of your draft. Maybe if you drafted early too in the year, then you got him as a free agent and didn't waste anything on him. Terry McLaurin, he was around that DJ Chark, DK Metcalf, the second-year guys that everyone was kind of thinking about, but didn't want to take a chance. And for everyone that. Took Terry McLaurin there, probably feeling really confident right now because he looks good. Mm-hmm. And that's like an Arizona. He was, so the reason I'll I'll, I'll just talk because it's my downhill downfall because I didn't start him or DK Metcalf. Um, so with Terry, it was it was how, how we kind of talked about it earlier, but that number one coverage. How is it going to be when there's like a true number one uh, defensive back? And obviously in this case, Patrick Peterson. And then the Cardinals, just a good team. Cardinals, I think are not maybe not Super Bowl like bound, but. Are a good they're team. Hopeful. They're yeah. They have that, especially with the NFC kind of falling apart a little bit at times. Uh, they look like a potential Super Bowl, at least NFC Championship team. So like, though, how was the Washington football team uh, with a horrible last season coming off a big win? Obviously, week one. How are they actually going to play? And I'm excited to see that Terry still put up big numbers against Patrick Peterson, um, and then that just decent offense in general. Yeah, I feel like that was how the game script was going to go. I mean, 
you know, coming into the season fantasy wise, you know, you didn't Terry was obviously someone you wanted, but no one else on the team, right? I mean, Adrian Peterson left, Dwayne Haskins was coming back. I mean, there was just so much uncertainty, but you know, Terry, for me at least, Terry McClellan was the only one I wanted on that offense. Um, you know, obviously they lost to the Cardinals yesterday, thirty to fifteen. Um, Kyler Murray, huge day, three touchdowns, did throw an interception, um, flashing the legs again like he's known for. Joyous for me is his fantasy owner. <laughs> he's making that extra leap. But you like to see the rushing touchdowns. So yeah, I think he had one the first game, and then he had two this game, and he's making guys miss when he's running too, which is he huge. looks like a he looks like a fast running back. Yeah, he's yep. he's your perfect fantasy QB. He's building up to be that guy, and loves his new new t- new friend DeAndre Hopkins. Has not that has not hurt him very much. Nope. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, that's what it. I think because uh, I guess Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he had seven targets, seven catches. He's not going to drop anything. We know that. Ultimate, does ultimate not team, guys. Kyler is just going to be a safety blanket for Kyler Murray. They're never going to be out of games because you can look Larry Fitzgerald's way. I don't think any defense can really match up with the Cardinals right now. And I mean, the Cardinals are beatable. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Cardinals are always going to find a way to get it done offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins eight catches, sixty-eight yards, touchdown. He's had a couple bad years in in um, where am I talking? Houston. So. He looks, he looks a lot happier. And then I think Ben has a Kenyon Drake, a truther, uh, picking him with your uh, first pick in the second round. Yeah, You're, very happy. You're very happy with his performance. No touchdown, but still He's very good game. touches. Yeah. yeah. I know he tweeted out to drop him if we weren't happy, but I'm happy. So I'm not going to drop him. <laughs> I'm not giving yeah, anyone I mean, that benefit. <clears throat> I don't, yeah, I don't know why you would. He still had 20 carries. I mean, honestly, it does not matter how bad the running back is. If they're getting 20 carries a game, they're they're valuable in fantasy. They're, they're gonna at least put up some. There. Yeah, they're gonna put up some numbers. Uh, you yep. just got unlucky that there's no touchdown, which is really what it comes down to. And, and but it's not like someone stole it either. I guess Kyler technically did, but if you have both of them, then you're just happy either way. Five of me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then we'll look. Ravens went to the Texans. Um. I feel like this game was the quietest out of all of them, or at least for me. Um. I mean, the Ravens put up a ton of points as usual. Thirty-three, sixteen over the Texans. Um, kind of so. I feel like Mark Ingram. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say no real concern for me with the Ravens' offense. They look good. Their defense looked good too against a good offense. But you were just about to talk to the running backs, and that's what <laughs> is the big concern: is who's getting the carries. Exactly. I mean, we saw Mark Ingram roll this week. I mean, only fifty-five yards, but he did have a touchdown. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins looked great again as well. Um, Edwards. Gus got very the most carries. Game. Well, I say the most carries. Lamar Jackson obviously scrambles and runs a ton. Yeah. But uh, how I obviously like I I picked J.K. Dobbins and we were obviously talking about how he's probably taking over for Mark Ingram. Does not look like that's the case yet. But no, I don't think anyone was talking about Gus Edwards being the no. number one back technically, if you want to no, count just thought, by carries and yards. He had t- seventy-three yards. Yeah, I thought he was out of the picture. J.K. Dobbins got the goal line work. Mark Ingram had a bad first game, and I thought. All right, they saw a little bit of everything. Maybe they'll improve J.K. Dobbins' workload and give him the ball more, and that was just not the case at all. And you're very disappointed if you drafted J.K. Dobbins because you you had to pay for one of your starter guys, basically, maybe one of your top bench spots for J.K. Dobbins, and gets two carries. Yeah, you're scared right now. Yeah, and he is like the lead catching guy, I think, uh, mostly. I mean, Mark Ingram did out catch him, so I guess maybe not, but. 
technically, I would say J.K. Dobbins definitely looks like the guy out the backfield catching. Uh, and then Hollywood Brown is the number one target, which is good. And it's and that offense is so high flying. Like we started this with that. It's nice to see that that uh, Hollywood's uh, sticking with it after a breakout year last year. And then I kind of guess we'll focus into the surprise game. I mean, although even though the Chiefs won, Chiefs went to L.A., took on the Chargers. Um, super last minute, Justin, Justin Herbert is starting the game. Had a great game, 311 yards, a few touchdowns, rushed one in. Um, interception, but that's the rookie, yeah. that's the rookie interception. Yeah, you're going to get that. Rookie mistake, which but, is fine. Interceptions don't kill you. Yeah, no, of course. Um, the surprise for me, I thought that this is going to be kind of like a runaway, but the, the charges were keeping up, holding the Chiefs back, and Patrick Mahomes definitely frustrated at times. Tough day for yeah. Clyde, too. But um, Yeah, I think that's what happened is, is even though Kansas City is not known for their rushing, I think having Clyde last week pop off just opens up. I mean, if you ha- if you can run the ball, then you can you can usually throw the ball. Then um, it opens up that. So having that frustrating week, they had a frustrating week receiving until the second half, and then every single person went off. Yeah, to me, it's it's he Clyde didn't have a good game, but it's almost good news that he got involved in the passing game. He had six catches. That's exactly what you want. You want right around that six catches mark for a running back that you're hoping is just going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Yep. Uh, and then I'll just say, so, as an Austin Eckler fan and owner in both le- both leagues, uh, he had his back-to-form game. It's funny, actually. They they ran the ball a ton. I guess it's because rookie QB um, obviously going to run the ball more. Joshua Kelly actually got more carries, but... Uh, you obviously have Austin Eckler with four catches at the backfield with 55 yards and then had 93 yards running. And obviously the better the two running backs that appeared. Uh, Joshua Kelly's always going to get his touches, but as long as Austin Eckler gets 16 carries, I can be happy because he's going to have, it looks like finally Anthony Lynn is is coming to his senses and realizing checking down to the running back isn't the worst thing this team could do. Is Anthony Lynn coming to his senses though? He still said if... Tyrod Taylor is healthy. He's their star. That's true. I did I did see that. That's something to watch throughout the week because hopefully he just said that in the spur of the moment. And realistically, he should reevaluate. And I think everyone, every Chargers fan and everyone that has a Chargers player on their fantasy team is hoping that Herbert will start over Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, last game before tonight's game, Patriots went out to Seattle. Oh, it was Great tough game. For us. Great game, tough loss. Cam looked great again, 397 yards, you know, flexing the legs, a couple rushing, rushing touchdowns, got stuffed on the goal line for a third one to win it. Um, you know, I guess more importantly here, you know, James White, obviously terrible news, thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Um, his father was lost, haven't heard on how his mother's doing. I know she was in critical condition, but just terrible for him. Um, you know, Devin Cordy paid a little, you know, paid his respects and, you know, told them they were thinking about him when he had that defensive touchdown. Um, tough loss, though, for Patriots fans. Say it again? I said Tom Brady threw out the tweet um, before the game, too. Yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> he, he's always loved that connection with James White. So, um, but yeah, no, I would say tough game for Patriots fan. Good game for Patriots players, fantasy owners. That's a, that's a long way to say it, but Cam Newton looks like a good uh, fantasy stud if he's going to be getting these goal line carries, because again, the Patriots don't really have a goal line carry guy anymore. Uh, the goal line carry situation was probably pass the ball to James White, and he'll find a way in the end zone. That's basically what they used to do. 
Yeah. Uh, they don't have big wide receivers, so you can't toss the ball high, uh, like a fade, uh, when you get towards the end zone. So Cam Newton looks like he's, if they get down to the one, two yard line, he's going to get that yeah. carry and probably score two or three times or flick it to the <laughs> uh, the fullback. Yeah, I think some people might have drafted Nikhil Hare hoping that he could be the guy that's doing fades in the end zone, but right now it just looks like they're putting every single big boy out on offense when they're within five yards. Yeah. And they're saying, Cam Newton, just take a look and run it, which is perfect <laughs> scenario for Cam Newton. And the Patriots look really good. Mm-hmm. Even though they lost, they look really good. I mean, they lost probably, I, we just talked about Arizona being the Super Bowl. I think Seattle's probably the, yep. the Super Bowl favorites of the West. Ten, or the NFC, not the West. A little scary for their defense, but yeah. I mean, realistically, the Patriots look like a well-oiled machine with Cam Newton, and if you took a late shot on Cam Newton, you are ecstatic that you mm-hmm. have an easy top 10 QB, hopefully top 5 by the end of the year, because he looks like a beast. Yeah, at least fantasy-wise, that's going to be a stud. And I mean, if you want to talk about Cam, I mean, if the Patriots can keep doing it, I mean, they only had 67 yards rushing and put up 30 points. That mean, In that sense, you automatically know that the wide receivers had a good game. Julian Edelman, 11 targets, 8 catches, 179 yards. Yeah, yeah that's some a fantastic career. catches. That's a career yeah, effort. Which is that's crazy. Tom Brady who? <laughs> yeah, I know. Damari Bird, the not rookie, but he seems like a rookie because he hasn't done anything up to this point. 6 catches. Nikhil Harry, 8 catches. I mean, there's just a lot of catches to go around if their offense is firing like that. Yeah, that's that's great news for Julian Edelman, to be honest. That was your one concern on the offense, the one guy that you were kind of looking for to produce the other guys you're kind of taking late flyers and thinking maybe they'll have a flex spot by the end of the year but julian Edelman, 179 yards and with those kind of yards you could easily get a touchdown he was not just catching balls over the middle he was catching deep balls from cam newton and just it yeah. just looked great known deep threat julian Edelman. I, yeah i think cam put it perfectly i mean he asked they asked him in his interview why he kept going back to him and he just said because he's jewels and it makes sense to me so and, uh, and, then, and then obviously we're we're Patriots fans, so we've been talking about the Patriots. But Seattle, that oh. I had I have DK Metcalf sat him. Obviously, he had that huge catch over Gilmore. Yeah, that's for a touchdown. Just out muscle him, right? Yeah, and, and and that basically I saw a thing about on ESPN about it today, basically saying it doesn't now like the worry was the same thing. I sat DK Metcalf for the same reason. He's clear the number one like target guy. Obviously, Lockett may be the number one fantasy wide receiver because of his catches, but he's a slot receiver. He's not gonna get that number one coverage against the number one D back. So I was a little afraid, but Metcalf is so fast, so strong. You, they, they cut it to it. Obviously, we're, we were watching the game, but he started sprinting, and Gilmore, who's very fast, had to take three steps back because he was afraid he was gonna get blown by. And then all of a sudden, yeah. DK Metcalf cut on a dime and caught like a, a slant, not a slant, but a, a comeback route and sort of thing. And it's just like, imagine being that tall, that strong, and then that fast and athletic. Like I think DK Metcalf is a stud now, and is is a must start. Until otherwise, especially with Russell Wilson, who's MVP right now. Yes, and second-year guy for DK Metcalf, you're even more excited if you're in a keeper league. Russ Wilson, I mean, seemed like he spread the ball out, but they put up 35 points, and he had five passing touchdowns, one interception, and the interception was an absolute drop by Greg Olson. Yeah, to start the the hands and then the helmet. So, realistically, to me, Russell Wilson played the perfect game with only throwing the ball 28 times. That's crazy. Five touchdowns. Yes, five times. Yeah, yeah, that's just like, that's uh, unheard of. And he's making runs, a big runs. for MVP this year, so yeah. yeah, and runs, and obviously you would have taken Russell Wilson early, so like you're at least getting that value back yeah. if you're one of those guys that gambles on a QB. Pretty, yeah. he's the favorite for me to win MVP right now, and he's 
to to me, I, I don't think a lot of people draft him super high. I mean, he was definitely one of the – I think he probably should have been the third QB. Yeah. But I think he was a couple rounds behind where you draft. He's way behind the Lamar. Mahomes and, and Lamar. And but, I think you made a smart choice if you got him, and you should be yeah. looking. Yeah, right, him and Kyler right now are the two – to like the guys right behind the guys and josh allen don't forget well now josh allen but i got it you got him like i got him super late yeah but i mean like if you're talking about the two guys that you would have had to reach if you're one of those guys that likes waiting on qb you had to reach to pick but it really isn't a reach because they were going at a good value um you're not you're not disappointed with either one of those unless now you're patriots and then we're just disappointed with how it And that's what it is yeah so that pretty much wraps up the week two games obviously you know the the Saints and the Raiders are playing right now. We'll have we'll definitely have some updates on that later in the week. I mean, if you keep um, track on where we're at in the game, if we want to talk about what's happened so far, um, you've had an Alvin Kamara touchdown. Alvin Kamara's looked really good, and then I don't even know who caught that last one. You had an Jared Alec Ingold touchdown too, baby. <laughs> Got him in my lineup. One catch for three yards. One catch for three yards and touchdown. Good old Alec fullbacks, Ingold. I believe. I don't even know what position he plays. I'm 90% sure he's a fullback just because he looked like a fullback. He was a fullback. Good call. Yeah, but I just need the Darren Waller. Darren Waller's looked good. Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs is doing exactly what I need him to do he's, so he's far. Been, he's looked pretty good. He's got some strong runs so far. Yeah, I know, but he has two catches for 15 yards as well, I'll which take, is not good. I'll take four touchdowns out of him tonight. Uh, uh, well, the Saints, the Saints are up 17-7, to 7, so hopefully they don't run the ball. And as I say that, they hand oh, it off. you do hate that. This could be my fan. No, he's he stopped. But now yeah. He looks good. As of right now, Josh Jacobs looks good. Good. Yeah, he had the most. I think he set the record for one game on the most missed something. I I just was literally. I, I wish I could have the stat, but I was literally right before we started. I saw it. Yep. No concern there for Josh Jacobs, even though the Saints are a very good defense. Good tweet to look yeah. at this too. Is yeah. pull that up, Josh Jacobs fantasy managers. Uh, but yeah, no, I think a plan. Obviously, I don't know if we're stopping here, but the plan is to do a second one this week of our previews of week three. I think it's just a lot to cover. Um, and yeah, one, if no. we try, if we try to, we, I mean, look at how long we can break down. I mean, we could talk about these games for so fantasy wise, like even a dud game could be such a, like a long topic fantasy wise. Yeah. I think maybe too, we should go over real quickly. Our top three waiver targets, just in case anybody listening mm-hmm. needs some help with their waiver wire. The tough part is we're all in the league together. So like this, if, if I hear Ben going after a guy, I'm like, does he see get a bit high? No, I got to worry. So I'm a little bit, I'm sweating a little yeah, bit. Yeah. With hey, the, hey, with the it's band, a little different. <laughs> Part of the it's job, all, bro. We usually don't talk was, about this, though. We usually I was going to say, it's all, part of, it's all part of doing this. So, so the, I mean, with that said, Tyler, we'll gladly let you go first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Rob's got mine up right on the laptop. It's Mike Davis. I'm choosing him over the guys on the Giants just because he's going to be the outright starter, I believe. And I think it's only going to be four to six weeks for McCaffrey. So if you get him for four weeks, I'm not going crazy with Fab Budget, and I think if I have the number one waiver spot, I still might take Mike Davis. I might do 25% of my Fab Budget for him. If if you're struggling for running backs right now, you're mm-hmm. obviously going. You should you should be going for Mike Davis. Yeah, because at least it'll give you a few wins to stack up, and then when you come when obviously McCaffrey comes back, you've at least stacked maybe some. If you can put if Mike Davis wins you a game, you're very happy with yeah. two. Um, and then I'll I'll go to my all three because what if you take one? You got I think we got to one at a time. And I'm gonna go next just because I want to get my guy in. Jarek McKinnon, uh, Tevin Moser out for a couple weeks, and then Tevin Coleman. This is another one like Mike Davis where you're really this is this is a short amount of fantasy value. You're not gonna spend a ton of budget on him because he's not gonna be like your guy all year. But we already know Jarek McKinnon's a good 
good player just from his history. He's been, he's just been injury prone, which is kind of funny to say he's the only healthy running back of three, um, being an injury prone running back. But he's got that pass catching value. Um, 49ers offense is very good. Jimmy G slash Nick Mullins, um, for the time being, will love a check down to the running back. Uh, so he's good PPR value there. Um, and then the 49ers are just a good team, so they're going to be running the ball a lot. And obviously we saw what Mostert did before he was injured, and then what Tevin Coleman kind of did, and then fourth quarter, uh, Jarek McKinnon. As long as you can get that from him. So that was my number one guy I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and keep it different. I guess we don't steal people's guys. I'm going Daryl Henderson though. Obviously, he had a huge week um, for the Rams. You know, last week Malcolm Brown had a huge week. So, I guess they're Sean McVay's kind of sticking with his guns, going with a um, committee approach, which you know is not necessarily good for fantasy managers. But you know, monitoring Acres injury moving forward and how he'll use Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Obviously, last week was Malcolm Brown. This week is Daryl Henderson. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to roster either one of them. Um, maybe not necessarily start either one of them until, you know, we kind of get some more clarity on the backfield, but definitely someone to have on the bench anyway. And I'm reading right here, Malcolm Brown um, potentially has an injury, which I mean, it's a finger injury for a running back. Yeah, maybe fumbling opportunity, but like they're probably going to play, but any sort of injury that can maybe allow McVay to go to Henderson for the number one guy only helps your situation and then i'll go with another one i'm gonna still avoid the giants running backs i'm gonna go with miles gaskin for the miami Sorry, dolphins i mean on. yeah he was kind of nobody really expected him to be there he got the surprise most carries week one and he did the same thing week two the big part for me is he got involved in the passing game this week and he just looks like an all-around He's probably going to end up being the starter by the end of the year, so I'm happy. I got him in my 12-week the week before, and everyone was laughing at me. Probably just because we're Pats fans, he's a Dolphins player, but he looks like he's going to emerge as a starter. Again, not the starter for the best team in the league. He's not going to get 25 carries a game and just dominate, but he's going to be a usable flex by the end of the season, I think. Yeah, I would agree there. Um, for me, one, we actually, I don't think we even brought it up when we were talking about him, but we talked so much about Ryan Tannehill. Uh, this one's like a tough one because I think a lot of leagues do have him picked up already because the AJ Brown's been out for two weeks. But Corey Davis looks like a tar- favorite target of Ryan Tannehill, and we just talked about how Ryan Tannehill has looked actually very good, and the Titans actually look like a pass-throwing offense, which last, last year obviously was strictly just um, down Derrick Henry. But Corey Davis, it says only I have up here, but ESPN 27% of leagues only, which is actually pretty low considering um, some of the guys we've already talked about, like Daryl Henderson is apparently only available uh, or is only used in 45% of leagues. But Corey Davis, obviously, if, you, if if he is available, that's definitely one to spend a lot of budget on because I think even when A.J. Brown comes back, he's still the number two guy, and Tannehill seems to be doing um, work with him. So, Yeah, my second guy is going to be Jarek McKinnon, obviously. Um, oh, now you're taking one for me. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> hey, a lot of guys go around. I was going to try to steal one back. Um, but yeah, Jarek McKinnon, obviously, Raheem Mostert is out. Uh, excuse me, Raheem Mostert is out. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's out, so they're going to be running the ball a lot. Although, I mean, Jared McKinnon, not necessarily proven, you know, didn't do anything huge when he was in Minnesota. Um, I mean, he's definitely good at football. He can break off with some good runs, but, you know, for me, he's a pickup this week. Then I'll go with one more, and I will go with Jonu Smith 
tight end on the Tennessee Titans. I'm surprised that didn't go here after giving him. Yeah. But I guess it's one of the, what's hard to think of him as a free agent pickup when you have him on your team already. Yeah, unfortunately. Or you, like, you drafted him. Or in two out of the three leagues, he's owned already for me. On ESPN, he's owned in 38% of the leagues. But he's just had a couple monster games, and the only reason he's not number one is because I want a running back over a tight end with my waiver spot. Yeah, and, and like we, we, we actually... So, I don't know if you've done that, but the same thing kind of goes for me. My last waiver was going to be a quarterback, but it's kind of hard because we've talked all day, like all this po- all podcasts about how there's been a ton of good tight ends yeah. already and a ton of good quarterbacks. We're talking Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, um, and then even Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, so on and so forth. There's a ton. So, unless you're in like a 14-man league, you don't really need to go down to the depths to get a quarterback slash tight end because like Noah Fan has been good. Uh, Mike Gesicki is another one that maybe is a free agent pickup, but he's been drafted a lot because he was good last year. Um, but I have to I have to say Gardner Minshew as a pickup now. I think after two weeks and a good defense in terms of the Titans, a better defense, I should say, um, compared to week one. Uh, gets Miami next week, too. And gets Miami, so obviously he's had a good week, has the legs if needed, but doesn't try to go for him and still throws for 300-plus yards. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I have to say the mustache. There was no other way I could have gone. No. I might even pick him up and just have two quarterbacks, which I've never done. I'm a big running back guy, so for my last guy, I'm going to throw a dart at Wayne Gallman. I mean, why not pick him up? I mean, you know, Saquon Barkley started the first two weeks, got a couple tough defenses, obviously not much production against the Steelers, and then he got injured this week. Um, the Giants take on the 49ers last week. We just lost Nick Bosa up the middle, so I mean, they're still a good defense, but you know, there are you know, they're kind of a run-first offense, so, I mean, why not pick up Wayne Gallman and see what happens with him over the next couple of weeks because, obviously, Saquon's gone for the year, so he's going to get a lot of looks. One would here, just bait, piggybacking off of that, uh, Tyler and I are looking at the same time, but Devontae Freeman technically doesn't even have a team, but could be <laughs> worth picking up because of the it's injuries. Like to, he's going to go to the Giants. Yeah. He's already with the Giants, and I'm assuming that they're going over contract details, but who knows. If they pay Devonta Freeman... Then it's a clear sign that he's going to be the starter. Yeah, and then, then would make... take back the Wayne Gallman. I yeah. get why you say Wayne Gallman though, because he is the better runner of yeah. who's there now currently. Obviously, Deion Lewis maybe has the PPR value, but again, Deion Lewis hasn't looked great since yeah. leaving. Both are going to be available, and they're worth taking a dart throw if you got mm-hmm. a low waiver priority or just willing to throw a couple bucks on Fab budget. There, definitely my... worth the dart throw. That's what I'm saying. My third pick: throw a dart, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and then and what you do is you throw a few bucks down on Wayne Gallman because I don't think a lot of people are going to go after him in most no. leagues. You throw three, four dollars down, and then if Devonta Freeman signs tomorrow, you get you can, and then if you have a good waiver spot, you pick him up right away, and then you have Wayne Gall, and then you could drop Wayne Gallman right away if you wanted to, sending three, four dollars on a risk, and because like we know people can be linked to someone and then just not sign because yeah. of money or something. And I think with waiver spots too, if you try, you put a claim in for one of them and you don't get them. But the other guy's available, you immediately pick him up, and then you're not too disappointed because they just had your choice made for you. Yeah, I'd agree. There's yeah. obviously a ton of guys we could go for and, and stuff like that, like a ton of tight ends and a ton of the quarterbacks. Yep. But I think those are the top eight or nine. How many guys we said? I yep. think we technically said nine if you count. But now um, all our Devonta. league listeners just know who we're going after, so they are going to be happy about <laughs> this if they listen to the end of the show. Yeah, you got to listen to it uh, the first time it comes out, though, or else they'll miss it. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I may have already thrown out a few budget on these guys before, just in case. But I might take some notes on who you guys just said, just maybe if I had money on them to outbid you. Because um, you guys have spent money to do 
just want to say, I know you guys are behind me. Don't get mad, but the Raiders just scored another touchdown, which is fantastic for Josh me. Josh Jacobs? It was not Josh Jacobs. Sam Waller? Nope. I think uh, it, it, was a, it wasn't Ruggs either. I can't even see who it is. Well, the Raiders was it, suck, do, and do I hate think, them. Do you think it was the, uh, who we just said? The fullback? Uh, do, I, we already both forgot his name, right? I, 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 I my, TV's, my TV's too far away. I can't see who it is. Let's just say, no. oh, wait. Jones. I don't know who Jones is. Oh, it just popped up. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Zay, Zay Jones. Okay. It, was just, it was his first attempt. Oh, there it is. Those okay. are okay. I recognize the name now that you say it, but. Do yeah. a Dragon Ball Z celebration, hopefully. Let's wait. No. Don't ask too bad. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that kind of wraps up our uh, our content for this week. Guys, I don't know if you have any other comments or anything you want to add before we wrap up. No, I guess we'll see you for the next episode and later in the week on previewing who, who to start, who to sit, and then overall just previewing all the games. Because we, we kind of mentioned a few few times with, like, who's playing the Dolphins. That's always a start. But um, we'll go over that more in depth on uh, the next next one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, we got a great article from Ian Boshane from Town Takes going up tonight. Um, love for you guys to read that. Give him a shout out. Um, like Rob said, we'll have some more content coming later in the week. But we want to thank you so much for coming today on behalf of me, Robin Tyler. Um, we look forward. We love doing this. We look forward to creating more. But until then, we'll see you next time.